how do we go about that sort of, you know, my zone of genius, I'd got rid of the disaster zone, which was bookkeeping. Yes. Yes. Everything else I could do. So where do we go from there? What's the next step for those other tasks? No, I'm overwhelmed. I've got a lot on my plate. How do I figure out where do I go next? There is, if you think about the things, your skill level at something, and also think about how much you enjoy it. So if you put this on like a two by two, so along the bottom, you've got skill and yep. along the other axis, you've got enjoyment and work out all the different tasks, whether this is writing down what you do in a week, and then you plot them on this two by two. And this is like the window into how you should delegate. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So I'm very excited today because I have a guest, and we all know it's great to have a guest, isn't it? And our guest today is Kate Pearden. And Kate is, just like us, running a small business. Now, but she hasn't always been running a small business, and I'm going to let Kate tell you all about herself in a mo. But Kate does lots of things that we think about. And if you've recently listened to episode 161, then you'll know that I've taken on more staff. I've changed the way I do things. And Kate helps people to do what I needed to do a month ago or a couple of months ago. So Kate, tell us about yourself and introduce yourself to the listeners. Thank you, Geraldine. Well, I love the introduction because I am, of course, Kate. I do have my own business, but you're right, Geraldine, I didn't always have my own business. I'm actually an ex-corporate person who has jumped to the other side. But I think my experience in the corporate world really helped me to how I run my business because I run my business like a business as opposed to a person that has got a skill in an area and then added on a few things because it's grown. So my background in corporate, I used to HR director, so human resources director for an international construction engineering project management company. And I got to see sort of the inside out of how businesses work and a big influence on sort of the culture of how to make a place a great place to work. And through that process, I studied a lot of business, like I did an MBA, so master's in business administration. Like this is how business works. And I thought if I understand business, then I'll be able to be a better contributor. But what I realized is something that was missing and was missing from so many businesses was this real focus on people, which is ironic because I was a HR director. So I got really curious and I went to study a master's in positive psychology in leadership, which is basically how can we become leaders of businesses in a way that is inspiring for other people. And there's a real science behind it, as opposed to us just having a bit of a guess. Absolutely. We've done a lot of work in positive psychology as well, obviously seeing clients and all the rest of it. It's very different. We don't think naturally like that. We do. And then we don't because we second guess ourselves as well. And there's lots to learn within the positive psychology realm. But in saying that, if we don't want to do it, we can just employ somebody else, which (laughs) is where this all comes from. Because if we wanted to employ, say, a VA or, I mean, I personally have bookkeeper, best thing I ever did in my life. 
life to get a bookkeeper that just my life is revolutionized at that point. And I reckon from that moment on, I was actually able to upskill in my business because I took the better way that I hated. And boy, did I hate doing my books. I think my husband was thrilled as well because I made him help me do my books. And he's got nothing to do with accountancy. He knows. So he'd be like sitting there going, this isn't fun. So I'd be like, you have to help. I can't go. So when we're thinking, you've got this background in HR and positive psychology, you've got an MBA. So when did you decide to start your own business? What was Mm -hmm. that motivation to go, yeah, actually, I can do this better than working for this huge multinational that I'm currently working for? I actually got really curious on the idea that what I'm doing is working well within this business, but is it because they know me and I have this background and I've got credibility and can this stand on its own two feet without that background and support? And I thought the only way I'm going to figure this out is if I go out on my own and actually let this work stand on its own, not because I'm the person that used to be the HR director. And that's when it got interesting. So when is it that you decide you need to hire? I mean, I Marie's bookkeeping, she literally phoned me three times and said, you need to hire me. And I didn't know her from a bar of soap. She didn't know me. She just, oh. I don't know what it was. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And I probably, well, I definitely should have decided to have got a bookkeeper probably three, four years prior to that. So when is it we spot that we need to expand that team, that we need to make changes? So are there little giveaways for other people? Because there were, there were giveaways for Absolutely. years doing it. What I love for you, Geraldine, is you had worked out that that is not an area that is your, what we call zone of genius. That is something that you hate and it is a waste of your time. It's like this idea of opportunity cost. The time you are spending there means you're choosing to not spend it somewhere else in an area that you're great at. And so these are the signs. Often people say, well, who do I need to hire first? I need to hire a VA or I need to hire this or hire that. And I say, well, think about it. Let's flip it the other way around. Think about what is it that you love to do? What are you really good at? What would be your ideal day and your ideal week? And then work out what is missing. Because I guarantee your ideal day or your ideal week, there was not bookkeeping on there. Oh, there was not bookkeeping on there. I had many people talk to me about, why don't you just do it every Tuesday so that you get a little bit done and then don't have this big hassle at the end? No, I couldn't even do the little bit on a Tuesday. Although that's true, they're solving the wrong problem right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's not that you couldn't find time to do it. It was a desire. I would definitely rather do anything else. I don't know, watch paint dry than actually do my books. Mm -hmm. And now that it's so much easier as well, when I started, I was putting all my receipts and everything else in envelopes and posting them to her. And now it's just an app and I take a photo, a screenshot. And literally every time I take a screenshot, I'm like, thank God I don't have to do this myself. Every single, I mean, I'll do three screenshots a day. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting there paying bills and I'm just like, yeah, I'm happy to pay the bill. No worries at all. I pay my bills immediately. I never let any bill wait Mm -hmm. because I think, well, everybody's like me. We're all small businesses. Why should they be waiting for their money? But I also think, what Mm -hmm. if I forget to pay it because I'm so lousy at this? And then I can just send it to her. I'm like, oh, it's gone. It's such a relief. It's so nice. So yeah, so I found my zone of genius was definitely not bookkeeping. And off I went and got myself a bookkeeper. And I've now had a VA for four years. And there was a real struggle to start with. Like, what was I going to get her to do? And how do we go about that sort of, you know, my zone of genius? I'd got rid of the disaster zone, which was bookkeeping. Yes. Yes. Everything else I could do. So where do we go from there? What's the next step for those other tasks? No, I'm overwhelmed. I've got a lot on my plate. How do I figure out where do I go next? There is, if you think about the things, your skill level at something, and also think about how much you enjoy it. So, and if you plot this on like a two by two, 
So along the bottom, you've got skill and yep. along the other axis, you've got enjoyment and work out all the different tasks, whether this is writing down what you do in a week, and then you plot them on this two by two. And this is like the window into how you should delegate. Wow. Because you want to start with the things that you are terrible at and you dislike. Yep. They are the things that you should first of all go for either outsourcing, putting on a team. And Geraldine and I were talking before, like your clients don't know or care how you pay someone. If they're a contractor or an employee, they don't care. They're still your team. Yeah. Treat them like your team. Totally. I mean, I couldn't work without the people that are in my team. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about just before we came on, I've got my bookkeeper, I've got Andrea, my VA, and then I've got Ella who's doing all my podcasting and Ooh. all of this background stuff. So I've got these three people that I'm in contact with quite regularly. Although actually I don't speak to my bookkeeper at all. It's all done via internet, possibly speak to her once a year. But these are the team that I see on a regular basis that we work together. I pay them. But there's other people that are in my team that I hadn't thought about. And someone else, a friend Sam pointed out to me, the people, my mentors, they are, I'm paying them. They're not doing things for me and that they're not filling out my book work for me or sending emails for me, but they are doing a lot for me and that they're motivating me to do what I need to do. They're helping me when I go up stumbling, I'm overwhelmed. Um, what do I do next? They're there to help me. So they are part of my team as well. So our team is actually, I mean, you can put your family in there if you want to, you can put all sorts of things in there, but they're not, they're like the secondary team. They're the, they're the cheerleaders, hopefully. They're not actually, hopefully the cheerleaders and they're not telling you that you are wasting your time. Hopefully they're cheerleaders. So they're not the business team, but this business team is actually bigger than we kind of think it really is. I think it's thinking about the idea of who is it that's around you that helps you to operate at your best, yeah. particularly if it's your business. And that's a whole suite of different people. My cleaner is on that list. She's amazing. I, would put Actually, that I, in should, the- I should have said my cleaner too. She's been with me for 17 years. I won't let her go. <laughs> Yeah. And then that two box, I would say I'm good at it, but I hate it. So it's definitely an outsourced skill. Copywriting, I'm a good copywriter. I can write great copy, but I hate it. And so I've outsourced that. When it comes to delegating, I have someone that writes, I I write down my ideas and she turns it into my emails and my content because it's really important, but not where I want to be spending my time. And I think if I went to the idea of, okay, I need a marketing person or a VA, I wouldn't miss these signs Mm. versus thinking, well, how am I spending my day? What, where do they fit in? this matrix of good like skill set and desire yep. and what's not getting done and managing it that way they're your signs or your flags as you said earlier Geraldine, of what you should be delegating that's just it isn't it it's we figure out eventually yeah i need to delegate these things then we've worked out i don't like this and i don't like that and i'm going to delegate mm-hmm. these things then when it comes to employing that person mm-hmm. how do we kind of go uh, what's sort of the next step i've got this idea that i hate emailing i hate well, was it copywriting? Um, and I hate, well, everyone knows I'm not very good at blogging, yeah. I'm not good at talking. So, okay. So let's say those are my three. How would I then go about finding someone to help me to do those things? What, so what's the next step? Yeah. So pulling it all together. And I would start from your ideal. So this might be a few different roles. It might be one person. When you come to pulling this together into what that would look like, sometimes it's a step prior that we've missed. So I'm going to put a pause on that question and back up the bus because there's a question that often gets missed 
And if you get it in the right sequence, what you've just asked becomes so much easier. And the first couple of questions are, what's the purpose of your business? Because people might start initially for this idea of making a difference or freedom or flexibility or whatever the case is, people kind of know why they started it, but often we don't update that. So it might've changed, but also it could be the same. So just noticing where am I at with my business and why am I doing it? Because then you can check in and say, well, if I'm looking at hiring, does that actually align with that? So it's all about freedom and flexibility. Maybe having a massive team is not going to get you there, but maybe it will because yeah. it's a new structure. So like deciding your purpose in your business is one thing to ask. And then to have a look at what does that ideal structure look like? So is it you, a solo person, and maybe a few different contracting people to make it all run smoothly? Is it you? The second business model is a hero business model, which is that you're the face of it, but you have other people working to make sure that that all happens. So you might have, you might see clients face or you might have courses. You might be the face of the podcast, whatever the case is, but then you have a team that really support you to be the hero and face of that business. When you hire someone, it's very different if you've got those two businesses. Third type of business, agency. Agency is when you might be the person seeing clients and you hire somebody else that could also see clients. It's like having two heroes, three heroes, four heroes. Like you can scale it right. um, across ways. Whereas if you're a hero, you normally scale it a bit more like a, upwards, like a pyramid. People yep. all support you to see more people versus yep. this agency model. If you can understand where you fit in those three models, who you hire yeah. becomes a piece of cake. Because yeah. you know, is this person going to be helping you see, helping you to be more of a figurehead of your business? Or is this person going to help you to expand your business into seeing more clients by having more people as part of your agency? Once you've got those couple of things solved, actually coming together with position description and putting it out there and interviewing people, you'll clearly be able to say, this is what my business is about and this is what I'm looking for you and is that a match both ways? So how do you feel about, because I mean, there's all the different styles of employment. We can have permanent staff, we can have contractors, all of everybody that I have is a contract. Well, I guess my cleaner is kind of permanent, but, and my VAs, I've given them permanent contracts and I actually pay holidays and things like that, but they're in the Philippines. So it's not like they're in Australia where very different commercial laws and all the rest of it. Yes. So how do you, I don't even know why I chose a Filipino VA in the first place. I think I looked there first. I think I, from memory, I saw Andrea, the picture of her, and then I didn't look at anyone else. I looked at hundreds of people. I saw her and I decided in my head that I wanted her to work for me. <laughs> so I kind of did it all the wrong way around and then interviewed her and thought, oh yeah, actually she's great. This is going to work fine. And she's worked for me for four years. So it wasn't as specific as employing Ella, who is, well, I need a podcast person. They need to be able to do that. These are all these specific tasks they need to be able to uh-huh. achieve. So a very different employment experience with both of them it's a very um when I think about it now I hadn't really thought about the differences in what I'd done very different so obviously I'm not the model person for people to emulate when they employ others now I'm gonna argue a bit with that Geraldine because whether you know it or not you've actually hired sure they're two different methods but they're for two different purposes for your podcast you were really clear on the tasks you want to done they tick off those tasks for your VA if I understand correctly it's more about the type of person and are they going to be the person that can see what needs to get done, be proactive and how they go about it was actually more important than the task because you could teach the tasks. So how you interview those two are quite different. Yeah. A person 
that could do tasks versus yep. tasks that are done by a person. Oh no, <laughs> that's very nice confusing or no, I think I mean that sounds about right because I was just like part of the interview with Andrew is like, well, I'm gonna forget to do things. I need you to remember to do things. Are you going to be proactive and make sure these things are done? Because I'm going to wander off on a tangent. I've been struggling to put out that email. I've been like, no, I'm gonna put out that email because it's supposed to be from me. And then ultimately it was like, yes, it is from me. Those will be my words in it. But if I haven't got Andrea shouting at me to fill it out and finish it after she's put the template up, it's not gonna get done. So finally it's just like, okay, Andrea, you're doing the email remind me and so these little nudges you haven't done the email yet oh here's the link (laughs) even though I know where the link is (laughs) it's like all these little nudges come along so yeah it's a very different hiring experience for both of them but yeah I can see what you mean by the differences there and the reason why absolute differences so when we're thinking about hiring with we want to be the CEO of our company really and yet I think when we're starting out we don't realize that I think when we're starting out especially as natural therapists and coaches and people who are working one-to-one with people. I think we start out with, we want to change the world. We need to change the world. Everyone's so unhealthy. Everybody's not, we can see our own health. We can see their health and we just want to change the world. So when do you think people start to realize that in actual fact, they need to be the CEO of their company, they need to, or their small business. I mean, that's one thing as well in Australia, of course, the names, I'm not a company, I'm a solo entity. So does that help with the mindset? having like if I decided to call myself a company do you think I'd be I mean I never did got to just kept everything as simple as possible I think how you structure your business doesn't matter as in like I mean there's a legal structure tax structure that has to be done in a certain way it's the same as if you hire your staff on a contract or as a permanent employee or a casual they're still your team and it's the same with how you set up your business yeah it's more about the mindset a lot of people the idea of I am the leader of this business as opposed to I am the person that does all the things. Yeah. There can be a bit of a shift there. And also being the leader or being the CEO of your business, you can still work with your clients, particularly if that's a core part of the purpose of your business. So mm-hmm. sort of making sure that you're clear on why your business is around and that how you've decided to set up your team supports you in that purpose, whether it's to make a difference, whether it is to bring on other people that work alongside you, or whether it is that you are the face of your business and people make that to happen. So I mean, you have a course coming out relatively soon, yeah. solo to CEO. So how do I decide when I need your course, when I want to make this change from just me to being a CEO, to having that changed I mean do you help me change my mindset what is it we met in a group we met in a mentoring group it's how Kate and I met and and I've been fascinated by what Kate does so I was just like you have to come on the podcast because then I'm like well I can find out because she'll be on my podcast Ulterior. Oh, smart, Geraldine. <laughs> oh, so smart. Man. <laughs> and I never told you why I did it either. I never gave the game away there, did I? So how is it? Like, when do I make the sleep? When would I be ready in business to do this? Because yeah. most natural therapists, when part-time, many of us are part-time because there's a lot of empathy overload. So it's really hard Absolutely. to work long hours and full-time. So the majority of us are part-time. Um, we start out small. We have our own businesses. There's just us. Mm-hmm. There's no one else 
ourselves. We listen to podcasts like this one. Mm -hmm. Um, We think to ourselves, oh, I'd really like Geraldine to be my mentor. I'll just slip that in there, folks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Geraldine. Yeah, just slide it in there. They didn't notice it, I'm sure. There's just subliminal messaging there. So that then they have to make this jump. When do you think this jump sort of happens? What are there some triggers or what are you? So I my experience is people often do it too late. Ah. And an interesting mix of assumptions and fear. There is a mini course of mine that's absolutely free that people can actually go through the process to work at. Is it time for them to expand? Is it time for you to hire? And it takes you through some of the questions that we spoke about. So understanding the purpose of your business. How do you want your business to be? Which one of these three structures is it? Like, Mm. Do you want to be a solo? Do you want to be this hero model or the agency model? And then, okay, if that's the case, what is it that you love to do and where are the gaps? And then you can start to have a look. Okay, these are the people that I would have or these are the skills that I would need to add in and then Mm. have a look at hiring after that. So it's really setting up that foundation because so many people that I talk to just go into the, well, I just need to hire someone or I'm really busy so I need to hire someone. Or as I say, take a step back. Why are you in business? Mm. Maybe hiring someone is not what you're supposed to do here Mm. or maybe you're hiring someone to see your clients or maybe you're hiring someone to do all the back of office stuff so you can see more clients. Mm. Let's get clear on that. Once you're clear on that, then it's a lot more easy or it is easier to sort of step into this idea of CEO if that's a direction you want to go. I'd say if, if you are the program solo to CEO is about helping you to set up your dream team, how to have that mindset of a CEO, how to delegate yeah. in a way that doesn't feel icky. Mm. And with like how to have the difficult conversations with your team and setting expectations in a way that doesn't feel like you dread having awkward conversations, how to, when you should meet with your team and how to create that culture. But the thing you need to decide first, is this actually what I want or somehow along the way expectations or momentum or is that I've got here? So making that conscious choice is really important first. What really resonates with what you said is people leave it too late to look at these things. Because I mean, I left it for years and years and years. And I know, like I kick myself all the time that I didn't get a bookkeeper mm-hmm. four years sooner than I actually did, four, five years sooner than I actually did. When I was very small and when the Eve was a baby and then a toddler, I didn't need a bookkeeper then, yeah, because I was seeing a couple of people a week sort of thing. As soon as she was at kindy, then I was hitting four to five people a week. There were a lot more bills coming in. There was a lot more to do. And I should really, even have then been thinking about things like this, where am I going with this business? Can I chart this so that I know that when I'm at five clients a week or six clients a week, whatever it is, that's when I have to implement this hated jobs removal system. This is when I have to see that I'm going to need these other people. What is it I have to do to implement? So I I can, I totally resonate with the, we leave it too late because we leave so many things too late. We need mentors to help us. And because I do a lot of clinical mentoring, so I help people with their cases and they leave it and they become overwhelmed. And then they say, I can't do this anymore. And they leave the industry. Yeah, they're burnt out in the profession. And so they're like, I'm done. And yet if they'd been in a group talking about their clients, they would have felt so much better so much earlier and been able to work and carry on. So I can totally hear that if we don't do this soon enough. So you've got an opt-in on your website that they can do. Yes. So in the show notes, peeps, it will be there, uh-huh. the link, so that you can go and get this opt-in and have a look so that you can go through and work out. I might do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so hopefully I'm sort of stage three or something in there and not like stage one, but 
I might just do that myself. So because I think it's something we really need to make sure we're not, we go to college, we learn health for people, that there's a business weekend. That's not the focus of our colleges to get us into business. The focus of our colleges is to teach us how to care for people. And so we have to figure this out for ourselves when we're out. And so, yes, there's lots of things we can do. We can join the academy, but we can, if we start sooner and we do your opt-in sooner, then at least we'll have some of that vision forward, which is really, really important. And I can tell you that industry is no different than anyone else. No No one teaches you leadership. I'm not sure how it's gotten missed along the way. No one teaches this. It's so heartbreaking because when you know a few things that help set up your business, it actually makes life easier. It doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah, (laughs) it is made out to be hard and there's a lot of pressure as well. And we put ourselves under pressure about Mm -hmm. our businesses and I should be able to do this. I ran businesses for years before I became a nurse. So I should have been able to run a business, but when it's your own business, it's kind of different. Like it is, I ran other people's businesses, no worries, but then when you have to do it and it's all up to you, then you do need some structure and systems and figuring out where you're going. And mm-hmm. sometimes the sooner we do these things rather than leaving them, the better off we are. Right? Then you're in control. Otherwise, the bus is being driven for you, at least mm. in the driver's seat. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's drive that bus ourselves because it is a bus. <laughs> it's not a car. Your business is not a small sporty number. It is definitely a bus so that we can take all of these things, all of these people, all of these changes on board. Board. It's a really comfortable one, probably. Definitely comfortable. Definitely got seatbelts as well. I definitely got seatbelts as well. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. It's not a nasty one. It's not one of those yellow school buses from the United States. No way. We're talking food and drink service as well. Oh, we're talking plush. <laughs> Maybe a massage chair. <laughs> in a bus okay i think we've deviated here (laughs) so anyway okay on that note on the bus note it's probably time for us to go we are after all the bite-sized podcasts so we ought to have maybe that was a huge mouthful but anyway thank you very very much for coming in and talking to my peeps and guys i will make sure that all the links are in the show notes so thank you very much for coming in today kate thanks thanks so much for joining me today Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.